Hi everyone, and uh, welcome back to Tales of Grim. This is your host Tyler Naismith and Tori Mokri. And we want to start off this episode by saying, you know, thank you guys so much for listening to last week, and we hope you enjoyed it. You know, it, it's always a lot of fun to do these type of things and talk about like the scary paranormally things because paranormal stuff is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun to talk about scary stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah, and you know, there's always so many different things. But the other thing we want to talk to you guys about is that um, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify or even SoundCloud, if you guys can give us like reviews, like, you know, preferably a five star, which would be amazing, or like leave comments or something like that, you know, it tells us that we're doing a good job or what we can improve on. But it also helps us push the podcast out there a little more because the more we get people talking about it, the more people can find out about it. Exactly. And we know we only have a basically a limited spectrum of animals and um, like folklore that we know about. So if you guys can think of anything from whatever region you're from, you want us to talk about it, comment and we will be happy to do research on it. Yeah, like any local legends or something, that'd be fun. I yeah. like that. Haunted houses, uh, some grizzly murder that's unexplained, something like that. We're, we're for it. One of the many Bermuda-ish kind of like triangles, because there is the Bermuda Triangle, but there are also other triangles. That's true. Isosceles, obtuse. Rubber goose. Green <laughs> goose, guava juice. Hey, no, no, no. We don't have the money for that. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, you can also follow us, uh, you can follow our podcast on Facebook. We have a page as well as Instagram, which um, is Tales of Grim, but with one less M. Someone took the double M and I'm very sad about it. Dang. Yeah. Oh well, could be worse. But anyways, that being said, let's, uh, let's jump into this week's episode on the Loveland Frog. Ooh, what is it? <laughs> it all began just outside of Loveland, Ohio in May of 1955. At 3.30 in the morning, a businessman who is unnamed, we, no one knows this guy's name, was driving down a long stretch of road that ran along the Miami River. So now keep in mind, it's 3.30 in the morning, it's super dark, not a lot of light, and it's 1955, so I can't imagine there being, you know, a bunch of streetlights. As this man is driving, he sees something really odd off on the side of the road. He decides to pull over. As he gets out of his car, you know, he looks across the road, and across the road it's kind of like all tree-like, and then there's like the river. So, you know, there's like foresty bushes and all this stuff, and it's super dark. And as he's looking in between the trees towards the river, he sees three bipedal reptilian creatures. The man watched these creatures for about three minutes, roughly, and during this time, he learned that they were about three to four feet tall, they stood on two legs, had very leathery skin and webbed fingers. But How far away is he from them? So he's probably about like a two-lane road. So if you have one lane going one way and another one going the other way, he's on the right-hand side. He's looking over to the other side of the road through the trees. And it's nighttime. So how the hell can he really tell that they have leathery skin? Well, that yeah, exactly. So that's one <laughs> of the things that's very odd about it. So I, and I wanted to point that out because it's, you know, again, it's super dark. He said that one of the most distinguishing features of these things, and that he will never forget, was that they had a frog-like head and very deep wrinkles. That you could, like, see all, like, the indents in the skin. As the man's watching him, by the end of the three minutes, he starts feeling very uneasy. You know, he doesn't know what he's looking at, and 
he's like, I should probably get out of here. But right before he leaves, the weirdest thing happens. He notices that one of the frogs is holding this weird metal cylinder thing in its hand. He's not sure what this thing is. And this is when he realizes that the frog people are looking at him. And he's having a little bit of like a staring contest with these things. One of the frogs raises this metal rod thing above its head and electricity and sparks start flying out of it. And that is when the man decided, forget this, I'm out of here. He jumps in his car and guns it down the road. Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. And he even went on to say in like some rep- in like some of the stories that he thought it looked like a magic wand. Because sparks were flying out of it. Oh god. <laughs> but uh, okay, now I think 1955. I don't know like if tasers were around back then. <laughs> but I don't think so. I yeah. think those came in more 80s if that. I don't know. We'd have to look that up. But I don't know. Three frog people, one had a magic wand that shot electricity and sparks. Was it supposed to be long, or was it just, like, a canister kind of size? Like, a can of coffee or something? Um, I didn't get specifics on how long it was, but they just said it was a long metal cylinder-shaped object. Okay. And the thing, the frog pointed it at the man, sparks came out, and that's when he hightailed it out of there. So now this is when my skeptical side comes out. Because this story actually has slight variations to it. Of course, as any urban legend ever does. Right. And that's where, like, this can come down to, like, a game of telephone where it's, like, he tells someone and then someone else tells someone, they get the details wrong, and now it's just passed on, like, 70 years later. So some of the slight variations is that he wasn't actually driving down the one-lane road, but he was by one of the bridges. And along the Ohio River, there was, like, a bunch of bridges. And that he actually, when he pulled off, he was underneath one of the bridges, and that's where he saw the frogs. So it wasn't in between the tree lines, and it wasn't off on the side of the road. It was under a bridge. Another one of the things that people get wrong is that they say he was a traveling salesman, but other people say businessman. But that's like a very like minor detail that doesn't really affect the story at all. Does the look of the creature ever change? Not in his story, no. And again, we don't know who this person is. Like, I could not find a name at all of who made this report. The next sighting took place on August 21st, 1955. There was a woman named uh, Mrs. Darwin Johnson, and she was with her friend, Mrs. Chris Lamble. So both were married women. And they decided one day that they wanted to go swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, Indiana is about 240 miles southwest of Loveland. So very vast difference of like, you know, where this creature spotted. But again, it's along the Ohio River, so it all connects. So while they were swimming in the river, Darwin can feel something that kept like hitting her knees. And eventually it latches onto her and pulls her under the water. So she starts struggling, her friend's freaking out. And eventually Darwin's able to kick whatever was grabbing her and she starts swimming to the shore. Then it happens a second time. She gets pulled under the water again And at this point, her friend comes swimming over, helps her, they get off of whatever was grabbing her, and they swim to shore. When they get to shore, Darwin was looking at her leg, and there were several contusions. There was, like, a bunch of blood, there was all these cuts and scrapes, but the most shocking piece of evidence was the fact that there was a faded green palm print that stained her leg. And that palm print was on her leg for the next few days Interesting. Yes. I never heard of that before. There's another thing you need to know about the Ohio River, okay? The Ohio River is home to mammoth catfish and giant snapping turtles. 
So, could this have been a giant snapping turtle that was grabbing her knee and pulling her under, or could it have been a giant catfish that took her under? I feel like with the blood and everything, I feel like that could have been a snapping turtle, but I don't know if I can explain the palm print. And I think that's very odd because, again, it left a green palm print. So now, thinking about it, they didn't say that you see the fingers, just the palm. So it could have just been like a blotch. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily saying that we see a full-on hand grabbing her. I mean, some bruises can kind of look green, but those are usually lighter bruises that go away within like a day or so. And and that's what's kind of interesting about this particular case is that it left such a weird mark. And something was clearly trying to pull her under the water. And she wasn't alone. She had her friend. Her friend was panicking and trying to get her out of the water and get them both to shore safely. After that last incident, we wouldn't see another sighting of the Loveland Frog until March 3rd, 1972. At 1 a.m. in the morning, a police officer named Ray Shockey was driving alongside Riverside Road and heading into Loveland. So during this time, kind of snowy and icy. Like, I think that it had just rained or something, so the roads were very iced over. So he was driving super slowly, very cautiously, high beams on, just trying to be safe while he's driving down the road. He notices an animal on the side of the road, and he watched the creature, and then it ran out in front of his car, and that's what forced him to hit the brakes. Like, he wasn't moving very fast to begin with, but he hits his brake when this thing runs out in front of him. He's at a complete stop, and he has to take a moment to collect himself. He was like, oh my god, I almost just hit someone. But his headlights were completely illuminating this creature, and it was the most bizarre thing he ever saw. He said the creature was crouched kind of like on all fours like a frog would, like if you just looked up a normal picture of a frog. And it was like that in front of his car, but then it stood up on two legs. So the officer also described the frog, and it was very similar to how it was in the 50s. You know, it was a three to four foot tall, leathery skinned, giant eyed, frog faced man that was just staring at him. And, you know, and it wasn't that far away. They made eye contact as he was looking through the windshield with this thing. After a moment, the creature ran off to the side of the road, hopped over a guardrail, and disappeared. So naturally, Officer Shockey reported this. And he knew he was going to sound crazy. (laughs) Well, of course, if you're reporting a monster, you're going to probably sound crazy to most people. Right. And he knew that. But he still made the reporting regardless. And of course, you know, some people laughed at him and stuff. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I if I heard someone saying, hey, I saw this monster, I'd be like, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You would chase after the monster. 100%. <laughs> but after reporting the incident, a different officer came out to check out the scene. He's looking over everywhere that the guy said where he was. This officer approached the guardrail and he saw the weirdest scratch marks. Kind of like when the thing hopped over. It wasn't like claw marks, but there were like these weird markings on it. Okay. That's kind of what happened with that incident. But there was a follow-up two weeks later with another completely different police officer. This police officer, his name was Mark Matthews, and he was also driving into Loveland when he saw a creature that was also injured on the side of the road. So, you know, same type of thing as his previous, as like his officer buddy. He basically pulls over and gets out of the, out of the cruiser, 
and he approaches this creature laying on the side of the road. As he gets close to it, it springs up into a crouch position like a frog. And the officer freaks out and immediately pulls out his revolver and starts firing his gun at it and injures it. He hits this creature. He's in disbelief. He's seeing this giant frog person. And this thing basically does the same thing where it injuredly heads over to the guardrail, hops over, and disappears. Officer Matthews makes a report. And it's very similar, except there's one major difference between his and Officer Shockey's. And the difference was that Matthews said this creature had a long lizard tail. Okay. I guess I could believe that. The only thing I don't really believe about these three instances is that you said it was winter, right? That it was snowing? Or it had just rained. It was It was in March when this happened with the two officers. Oh, so it's not... It's not snowing. It's like the roads are icy and it's very cold. It's early in the morning, like 1 a.m. Okay, but it's still close to springtime. Things have been thawing off. Okay. I thought you said that it was in the winter and I would have said like, no, frogs actually hibernate during that point because they're cold-blooded. Ah, very interesting. But since it's during March, I guess I could believe it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was very cold outside. So now... This is when a twist comes into Officer Matthew's story. A few years later, after he makes this incident, he decides to come out randomly one day and say that he didn't actually see a giant frog creature. He changed his entire story. He said that he was trying to basically help support his fellow officer who was basically being made to be crazy. What happened was while Officer Matthews was driving late at night, he said he came out and he saw a giant lizard. And he decided to take a shot at the lizard to make it seem like he fired at this monster. And the lizard scurried off. But he said it was a giant lizard. It was like a very long lizard. My conspiracy theory comes out now. And I just think it's very obscure that he would want to help his friend basically, no, 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 say, guys, this thing is real. We both saw it. But then years later, just randomly, he's like, nah, 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 I'm just kidding, guys. I didn't actually see it. Men in black. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It just seemed very odd, you know? But why would they come, like, years later? Like, you would think that that would be, like, within the month he would come out and say, like, no, guys, I was joking. Like, it's all right. I just shot at this one lizard, not a frog person. And I I guess, you know, I can get the whole, my buddy thought he saw something. I'm going to, I have his back, you know, officer code type of thing. I, I, I could get behind that. I just think it's very odd that he was like, I saw this thing, I shot at it, and then years later, no, 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 guys, I'm making it up. But also, why not just make up the story? Like, why say that you did actually take a shot at this giant lizard that was outside? Yeah. That, like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you could just say, I saw a giant lizard, but this guy actually fired his gun at it. Maybe they were close enough to town so someone would be able to hear the gunfire. So then that would make it a little more believable or something like that you know it's very possible i just find it very odd and then actually this guy really kept up saying like for years later that it was all a hoax and he said that in 2001 like through an email that the whole thing was blown out of proportion and it really was just a lizard that's what officer matthew claims like he's stuck with his guns 30 years later, after he retired and everything, he was like, guys, no, it was fake. 
I mean, I would also believe that maybe he just wanted a little bit of fame for himself for that point. Like, instead of helping his fellow officer, because... Honestly, if one of my coworkers said that they saw something, I wouldn't really go out of my way to support them. And I don't even know if these two knew each other as much. Or if they were just like, hey, you're a police officer, I'm a police officer, I'm gonna say what you said. So maybe he just wanted his five minutes of fame and then years later he regretted it? I guess, it's very possible. It's very possible. Even talking with Officer Shockey, the one that saw it the first time, you know, he never did a reneged story. He never went back on what he saw. It was just Officer Matthews. Conspiracy. The Legend of the Loveland Frog basically became a big part of the city of Loveland, Ohio. You know, we've had now multiple sightings of this thing. And actually, it later became a bluegrass musical. Yep. So a bunch of artists, actors, producers and stuff, they came together and decided to turn the Loveland Frog into a bluegrass musical slash puppet show. And it was actually well received. And the name of the musical was Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. Oh my god. I would totally watch it. It had puppets. When I was reading the synopsis, it said something about basically they were, uh, it was something like Peepaw went missing and I can't remember the main character's name, but he had to go find Peepaw and basically runs into the Loveland Frog. You guys should look it up. It's very, very interesting. (laughs) But again, it it was pretty well received when it came out. Wow, I just... I mean, it's not the first fairy tale legend to be turned into a musical, but it's certainly one of the most odd, I feel like. Right. Well, I mean, I I think I kind of see it similar to, like, Mothman. You know, how this whole town is now celebrating Mothman. This town's trying to celebrate the Loveland Frog, and they turned into a musical. (laughs) I like what they did with Mothman more and making cookies and pizzas and stuff like that. <laughs> wow. At least it's not a, I don't know, Princess and the Frog type of thing. I mean, it might be. Like... There is a frog involved. And Peepaw. <laughs> oh my god, a mix of uh, Beauty and the Beast and Princess and the Frog. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, now I kind of want to see it. (laughs) We'll have to play some of the songs. It's kind of interesting. Wow. So this brings us to the final sighting of the Loveland Frog. And this sighting actually took place in Cincinnati in 2016. Do you remember what big event happened in 2016 that basically took the world in by like surprise and everyone played and loved? I do, though I didn't actually pick it up until the year after. So you know it's Pokemon Go. Yes. Yes. And the Leveling Frog could also be, like, Krogunk or (laughs) one of those. So, in 2016, a man named Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend were playing Pokemon Go one night in Cincinnati. And, you know, they were running around, they were catching all these Pokemon, and eventually they reached, like, a river. While they were there they see this giant frog thing walking in the shallow end of the water. I'm going to show you the video, and I would like you to describe to the audience what you're seeing in this video. So what, what does this look like to you? Uh, glowing eyes. Like, I don't know, there might be an alligator or a crocodile in there? You don't see any body, you just see the two glowing eyes and you can make out a little bit of the water 
Yeah, but still, like, I could compare it to, I don't know, if you're in Florida and you shine a light on an alligator there at night, you see their eyes glowing. Um, I mean, it's odd that the eyes look white at that. It almost looked like flashlights to me or like reflectors on a costume like light reflectors kind of but they did stay in the same distance the only way that i could say that if it was because it again in the video it was so dark you can't really see much except for the light the... coming out of the eyes and reflecting off the water a little bit yeah and the video is very shaky as well. So you can see, like, this that Sam Jacobs was, like, zooming in on whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, usually when you shine the light on someone's eyes in the dark, don't try that at home. It might blind them. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you shine a light on an animal's eyes in the dark, you usually get a kind of, like, glow tint, not or a gold tint. Um, not a pure, like, white light. But it's also weird because it does turn its head at one point. So, it couldn't be two flashlights unless they were stuck together. Right. On, like, a mask or something. Yeah. Which is very possible. It could have just been a man in a costume with reflective frog face helmet. Walking. But the thing that was interesting about this was that <laughs> Jacobs had no idea what he saw. And he would go on to say, quote, I swear in my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. I'm not sure whether it was a frogman or just a giant frog. Either way, I've never seen anything like it. Unquote. That being said, we didn't really have that many incidents of the Loveland frog. But, uh, Tori... Do you believe in the Loveland Frog? I mean, I believe in a bunch of shit. Um, and I don't know. It kind of comes down to what it was for the Mothman for me. Where there are a lot of stories. But it could be that people heard the first story and then just wanted to make it more famous or something like that. Um, and in the last story, I'm actually looking this up, there is actually a small river between, uh, Phillips Park and Hermitage Point, what river is that, um, by Loveland, that actually connects, it goes down and it connects to another bigger river that goes by Cincinnati, so though, that could be if the Loveland Frog did exist, that could be how it went down from Loveland to Cincinnati. I'm just trying to connect the dots there. So based off the evidence that you heard tonight and the stories, what do you think? I'm going to still call it an urban legend to the point of... I think that people did see something. I don't think that it's an actual creature, though. Because you, 
Are there any actual pictures of it? Or are they mostly like fan-made kind of things? They're mostly all fan-made things. The only actual thing that we have is that 12-second video. Which isn't even much. Right. So you don't even get to see the creature. Um, whereas some of the other ones, you do actually see some photos of them that are more clear. Um, so for this one, I'm going to say that it, it doesn't exist. Sadly, I don't think it does. I think I'm with you on that. I really wanted this one to exist because I think it's very fun. But, you know, seeing three of them with a magic rod that shoots sparks, an officer that basically reneges on the entire story, and a bunch of teenagers playing Pokemon Go with a shaky video, it's it's so hard to, to try and find the, the actual thing that happened here. Yeah. Because even with, um, with the, uh, the woman getting pulled into the river... That could easily be a giant fish or a turtle that attacked her. Yeah, the only thing... I do wish I could have seen that green, like, palm print. Like, if they had some sort of picture of it. That was um, in 1955. Or, or was that, like, in, the med in her medical records? Or was that just part of her story? Like, she came out a few days later, like, after everything had healed up and was like, Hey, this is what happened without any proof like if they were actually pictures i think i could have believed it more right sorry ohio love and frog may uh may not exist but we'll try and look up like some other creatures from ohio so don't be discouraged exactly ohio we know you have some <laughs> strange things there i'm sure we could find something <laughs> there are strange things happening all over this country it's very true but yeah uh, but if there are any listeners that live in Ohio or Loveland and, you know, they want to debate us on this or have some evidence, I am all for it. I honestly want the evidence because I want to believe that this thing exists. Mm -hmm. But based off what I've read and researched, it's kind of leaning towards this thing doesn't exist, unfortunately. Yeah. Or maybe for those of you that do live in Ohio, if this is more of a local legend for you that you've heard since you were a child and have but more information but there might be another variation please comment and share what you know about it um if you've had any sightings of it yourself please share and all of that stuff we want to believe trust us we want to we do believe in a lot of stuff that being said um thanks for listening everyone and next week we'll try and bring you another episode we haven't quite figured out what it's going to be, but I'm going to try to avoid doing another uh, monster one. <laughs> eh, if I get mine done, I might be doing the uh, the Snallygaster this time. Yeah. All right, everyone. Stay uh, spooky out there. See you guys later.